you're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer, and I am here with my good friend who is also a father on this glorious Father's Day, Matt Hartwell. Happy Father's Day, man. Uh, how you doing? I'm good, buddy, and to you as well. You know, it's uh, it's always, you know, I'm, I'm finding more and more that uh, it's just becoming more and more meaningful as the years go on to, to be a father. You know, I really didn't know... Uh, the gravity of it, of what it all entailed when uh, when I found out that uh, that my daughter was going to be coming into this world. So it's just, man, it's just getting crazier and crazier as the years go on, buddy. Now, do you include your daughter in your like game day rituals, or or is she not with you on game day? I'm curious because you know my dad was such a, a crucial part of me being a Michigan fan that. When I found out I was having a little girl, I was like, "Okay, here we go. Like I'm going to I'm going to have this, you know, d- daughter with me that I'm kind of raising as a Michigan football fan." And so far, she went to the night game at 10 months old. This girl went to the Michigan State night game with me last year. So, I'm curious, uh, do you guys have you know some daddy-daughter time with the games? You know, she's really uh not into it, man. And I try really hard. Like I'm one of those dads that like I want to give her like this, even though she's a a girl, you know what I mean? I want to give her like the same childhood I have and all the share, all of the same interests with her. Like uh, I just took her to see the new Spider-Man movie. She's like six, loved it by the way, but uh, like stuff like that. But as for football, like she really just has no interest in uh, sitting there with me on Saturdays and partaking and and uh me watching dudes maul each other but uh you know i mean it uh it's it's all right who knows maybe as the years go on she'll get more into it how old is she again she's six okay so she's old enough to have opinions about these things see my daughter hudson she has she doesn't have a choice you know (laughs) she she goes where i carry her and then she, she likes what i tell her to like at this point so i'm i'm hoping that as she grows up she's one of those kind of tomboy girls that's into Michigan football but you know I'm not going to be one of those those dads it's like forcing her to you know like take part in something that she doesn't want to so we'll see how it goes man yeah absolutely as you know as far as father's day goes uh I'd like to go ahead and recognize the guy who I consider the father of Michigan football and of course I'm talking about fielding Yost in 1901 Yost's Michigan team, uh, his first team, crushed their opponents 555 to zero. Man, that was the scoring 555 to zero that season. Uh, and they and they won the first ever Rose Bowl against Stanford, who actually Yost uh, coached the year before. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, and Michigan remained undefeated from 1901 to 1904. And of course. Uh, the epic like little brown jug uh, you know game against uh Minnesota was the only tie during that stretch and so uh I, I think it's just always cool to look at the history I know we talk a lot about modern day football but uh the father of Michigan football is is fielding Yost and uh I went back and watched some of those old not not that old I don't think there's film of those games but I watched like the 1930 Michigan Ohio State game recently some of those plays were kind of sick, dude. They're little like play action option things that they were doing. So uh, fielding Yost, happy Father's Day. Absolutely. And just a side note, I often wonder like what a game would need to look like in order to amass like such a one-sided score. You know what I mean? Like I wish I could go back like and be a fly on the wall for some of those uh, games where there is no film, where it's like a ridiculous score, and just see how that exactly uh, culminated. Um, you know, I know that they were playing some questionable team <laughs> opponents back then. You played who you could get at that day and age, but uh, I wish I could just—I wish I could just observe it, just for the sake of uh, of observation and history, and see exactly what 
uh, a 500 point victory looked like. And of course, Ohio State today uh, wished Michigan a happy Father's Day because we are their daddy. Um, did you have any Ohio State fans wish you a happy Father's Day today, Matt? I don't think anyone wished me uh, any uh, happy Father's <laughs> Day as far as Ohio State fans are concerned, but I did welcome them bright and early with a picture of uh, the great Daddy Haskins leaping over uh, about five uh, Ohio State defensive linemen. So I welcomed the morning to them. They did not, in fact, return the favor. Well, you know, to each their own. It's always a good day for a little Haskins, right? It's always a good morning (laughs) for a Haskins. Um, All right, let's get into some of the news cycle. So we'll start with some of the good news. I'm Marion Stewart commits to Michigan this week. Uh, 24-7 Sports Composite considers him the number 49 wide receiver in the country, number seven player in the state of Illinois. To me, that's a pretty important commitment because uh, we didn't really have any wide receivers in this 2024 class. Uh, we know the state of the current Michigan wide receiver situation. It's, a, it's pretty much our thinnest position, I would say. Uh, not a not a ton of depth, and so uh, getting Jaden Davis, um, and perhaps maybe a returning uh, JJ McCarthy next year, uh, some wide receiver talent is going to be crucial. And I'm Mar- I'm I'm on Stewart uh, is the first wide receiver in this class to commit. So, and any any notes there? Any have you seen this guy play at all? Do you know anything about him? Uh, briefly, have watched a little bit of film. He looks great. You know, uh, I. I would say probably the closest player comp I'd have for him at this time would maybe even be a little shade, a little shade of Cornelius Johnson. You know, I don't know if you saw it, but I had posted a, a highlight on my Twitter. It almost mirrored uh, the Cornelius touchdown, the first his first touchdown against Ohio State from this past year. But uh, he just sh- shook loose from a defender and just streaked down the sideline for the touchdown. It was like exactly uh, a perfect shade of cj so that got my attention um but yeah you know i think it really round it's starting to round out the wide receiver class well uh obviously wolverines just got channing goodwin recently who's going to be a great addition on top of stewart so um gotta feel confident with where the wolverines are are headed going into uh the end of um where they'll be headed going into the recruiting, even if they just end out with those two guys. Obviously, Jordan Ship would still be a, a great haul, but uh, who knows if that comes to fruition after the commitment of Stewart. But still, man, you know, two great four-star wideouts coming into the University of Michigan. Yeah, man, I totally forgot about Channing Goodwin. Actually, so I'm Marion Stewart is the second wide receiver in this class. I don't know why I was thinking he was the first one that committed. Um, and then of course, Jordan ship, uh, is the high school teammate of Jaden Davis. And so that would be like a good trifecta, strong, talented wide receivers, no five-star talent or anything like that. But Michigan seems to have been making it work with a five-star quarterback and then some, uh, developed talent at wide receiver. Uh, I tell you what I did see on your Twitter this, this week, I think it might've been earlier today. I saw a highlight of this next guy that we're going to talk about. The other commitment we got this week, uh, Micah, I believe it's Kapana is how you say it. Uh, He is a Nevada running back that is, I mean, this is a Mike Hart guy, if I've ever seen one that, and uh, I honestly, that, that clip that you posted on Twitter reminded me a little bit of Blake Corum. It was like a very strong and swift cut and then he just took off and and it was very quorum-esque but i love mike hart going across the country to find a three-star running back to develop it feels like benjamin hall is his current project this guy micah capana could be the next uh mike hart project and we 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 saw uh hassan haskins get developed from, from a, a three-star talent level and, and do great things at michigan uh, who's to say this guy doesn't do do the same? Absolutely. I think he's honestly the perfect uh, complement to Jordan Marshall. Um, and and as you mentioned, you know, the guy is very 
much of the same mechanics as uh, as Blake Corum with the cuts, as you referenced into the highlight video. I'd almost even venture to say kind of a combination of Corum and Donovan Edwards with the way that he's able to uh, to maneuver his cuts and then get out into the open field. You noticed on that highlight, you know, it was a lot of him breaking tackles and then just getting out into the open field, remaining untouched, just running. Uh, it was some very exciting highlight tape to break down. And another uh, mentionable is that amassed over a thousand yards uh, this season in high school. So probably a little bit slept on. That's kind of the word on the street from what I'm gathering from a lot of the analysts and experts that have spoken out about it. Um, you hear a little bit uh, of negativity from the fan base on Twitter. Don't agree with that. If you're a listener of this podcast, support all Wolverine commitments, man. Very important. You don't want to be bad-mouthing these kids, bad-mouthing their families. Uh, we're all Michigan Wolverines at the end of the day. And star rating aside, I think this guy is going to be electric for uh, for Michigan. I haven't seen any of the hate, man. What are they hating on? Just that he's a three-star? Or is there exactly. is there something going on? It's just, just it's just that he's a three star. You know what I mean? I think that uh, I think also that uh, losing Aaron Childs to Florida uh, probably started to rub people the wrong way, maybe in the beginning of the day. So by the time uh, that happens and then uh, Kapana commits to Michigan and then Boo Carter, you know what I mean? They lose out on him. Yeah, by the end of the day, the fan base is ready to to burn the woodshed down and uh, and call it quits on on an amazing twenty twenty four recruiting class. So I don't get it, but who knows? To me, those are not the fans that I associate with. You know, I I actually I believe that most uh, people that are that follow Michigan and follow Michigan recruiting are pretty damn happy right now. How could you not be? We have the number two class in the country. A huge weekend last weekend, huge weekend this weekend. We've got a ton of juice right now. Um, and I'm sorry, if 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 you're looking at high school recruits and you're judging them based on their star rating, and then you're getting upset with the school because they're not they're not they're not collecting enough stars on the front end, that just makes you a mid-ass fan with like a just a simple mind. You know what I mean? So uh, if anybody that's, I, I assume none of our listeners are like that because the people that listen to our podcast are upstanding, intelligent gentlemen and gentlewomen. But uh, if any of you guys are doing that, just cut it out. Because for like, like you mentioned, this guy, he had a thousand rushing yards his junior season. We haven't even seen his senior season yet. We don't know. This guy could develop into the best running back in the country for all we know. So uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit insane. You know, you mentioned what I wanted to get into, which is a little bit of the bad news. Um, Boo Carter commits to Tennessee. And then the one that really surprised me, Aaron Childs commits to Florida. So we lost out really on the first two big recruits that we thought we had a good chance of getting. Um, same day we lost out, or maybe it was consecutive days, but, uh, well, no, no, I think it was in the same day. We lost we lost out on two guys to the SEC, and both of them are are to teams that you're very familiar with. I know that I know Tennessee and Florida are both are both teams that you have to put up with their fans pretty regularly. Let me just say this before I pass you the mic on any on any uh, input here. Did you happen to watch the Boo Carter announcement uh video? I didn't. I uh I wasn't exactly sure where he was announcing it, where it was being streamed from or what have you. I just kept refreshing the feed. I knew the time uh, was was 8 Eastern, so I just kind of monitored it that way, but uh, I didn't see it live. Did uh, did you? It, yeah, it was very vague, by the way. He posted it on Twitter, but it was on his it was on his Instagram. So I, I like I found it. He was on Instagram live. This dude, he he's like he's got a little cell phone propped up on the table and then he's got his his boys like you know on the live with him he he's got shades on he's wearing a I'll probably get this wrong but it's like a Gucci uh fanny pack bag or like Louis Vuitton bag I, forgive me I'm not up on my uh my luxury purses my luxury man purses but you know he's got this like 
uh, as soon as he came on, I was like, oh, this guy's going to Tennessee. <laughs> like this has Tennessee written all over it. And sure enough, he he unzips his little luxury bag. He pulls a Tennessee hat out and puts it on. And I'm like, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying he had he had kind of that Tennessee SEC swagger about it's him. It's not uh, Michigan. Yeah, it's it just really it didn't feel like Michigan to me. And I, I don't even mean that to sound like elitist. It just it felt more like he was going to a team that was a good fit for him. Now, Aaron and it's Childs. Really, it's, it, I don't mean to interrupt you. It's really not oh, you're elitist good. to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's just the facts that guys that attend the University of Michigan, you just don't see them doing things like that, whether uh, whether it be that they just have interests that are elsewhere or or anything else. You know what I mean? But it's just a different uh, a different aura at the University of Michigan, and it. It probably just wasn't a good fit, and best of luck to uh, Mr. Carter for for his future. But you just don't see uh, guys committing to the University of Michigan, pulling Michigan hats out of their Gucci bags and stuff like that. It's just not how <laughs> yeah. it happens. Yeah, and and we're realistic. Like it's a, it, we got a hundred college kids on a football team. Like there's gonna be like a Mozzie Smith situation, or every now and then a Devin Bush is gonna go kick the other team's logo up at midfield like that that stuff will happen but i yeah that's ex- i think you picked up exactly what i was saying was like the the something something about this kid's swag and attitude it just screamed tennessee to me so g- good for him um aaron childs on the other hand this was one that surprised me and i, I actually didn't realize he was going to commit at that time i don't know if it was a surprise announcement or if i just missed it but he he committed to the University of Florida. And this was a guy that I've for quite some time now thought we had a really good chance at landing. So uh I know you have you have to deal with a lot of Florida Gators, man. Is there you know any any thoughts on Childs going to the Gators? Yeah, I mean I actually uh got together with the in-laws today for Father's Day. As you know, my father doesn't live down here. He's up in Michigan. So uh, I got together with them today, and we actually were talking a little bit of Childs, and uh, and I just expressed my saltiness to them. You know, I thought uh, Aaron Childs was definitely a lock for uh, for Michigan. Very uh, sad to see them lose that one because it does kind of, um, and that's why I, I referenced earlier in the pod about like about how the day just started off on the wrong foot. I think that a lot of uh, Wolverine followers felt the same, that, that this guy was a pretty sure lock to head to Michigan, and that didn't end up the case. So kudos to Florida, man. Uh, from what I can tell, Billy Napier's been doing a hell of a job this offseason, despite um, just the general Florida uh, situation that's usually happening there. For those that don't know, Florida fans are – even more ruthless than than Michigan fans. If a coach isn't succeeding within the first game or two, like they're done with that guy. So Billy Napier, I mean, heads up to him because he's fought through a lot of negativity and uh, continued his momentum. So I'm happy for him to see him doing his thing, but just sucks to see Michigan lose out on Childs. You know, it, but it's totally okay. You're not going to win out uh, win every single one of these big recruits. And if you really look like, look at the landscape uh, from a numerical standpoint, I was starting to think like, man, we've had so many of these guys commit. Uh, could, is it possible that we run out of scholarships with so many of these guys committing? And so uh, I'm not saying it's a good thing that two guys chose another school. Obviously, we wanted both of them. They were very high on our board. Uh, but we've got a lot of commits already in this class. And we've got a lot of guys that are still trending in, in the right direction. So I, I've got a list of guys that have received at least one crystal ball to Michigan. I'm going to run through them, and we can actually stop and talk about a few of them. The first is running back Taylor Tatum. Uh, this is the guy that I'm really interested in because it seems to me that having uh, Jordan Marshall commit and now Micah Capana, uh again, I don't know if I'm saying Capana's name right. I, I got I to gotta figure out if that's how you say it. There's like an apostrophe in there. So I forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. 
but that's two running backs that have been committed to Michigan in the same class now. Is it realistic that a five-star running back uh, or four or five, you know, borderline five-star guy uh, is, you know, he's basically the best running back in the country. A lot of people think Taylor Tatum is the best running back in the entire country. Would he commit to Michigan with two running backs in his class already committed to Michigan? Uh, it seems seems to be a, a bad sign, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I'm honestly not of the mindset that, like, we need Tatum at this point. I'm pretty high on Capana. I think that if the class were to just end at this point, I wouldn't be upset about it. And if anyone were to ask me opinion, my opinion, I don't believe that Michigan ends this process with Taylor Tatum in the fold. Um, that's just my opinion. And a part of that is probably due to my uh, PTSD from from Michigan losing out on some of the big name recruits, if you will. Um, but, you know, and and part of that also is just that uh, is that some guys, you know, they just don't fit the Michigan mold. And it's not just the Boo Carters pulling pulling hats out of Gucci bags for their commitment. Sometimes it's also the the Taylor Tatums. You know what I mean? So I think at the end of the day, there's just a certain a certain type of player that's not going to fit Michigan's demographic, you know, and that's OK. And uh and I just don't think I see it with with Tatum. And I hope I'm wrong because, as you said, he's the best damn running back in the class. So obviously, I hope he comes. But you know, it's starting to seem a little bit less and less likely. If I'm being honest, well, there was a time about a month ago where it looked very promising or very likely that he would end up in Ann Arbor. And for whatever reason, we we appear to have cooled on him. But keep in mind, his final visit is still with Michigan. Um, and so at least I think so. I think I got that right. He's Oklahoma is the other school that he spent a lot of time at. Um, I texted some OU fan buddies of mine. Uh, I live in the state of Texas. And so this OU Texas thing down here is real big. And, um, I texted some of them and said, Hey, you know, looks like Tatum is probably coming your way. Cause we've already got two running backs now. So they're feeling good about that. Uh, edge Brian Robinson. You know, I'm just moving down the list now. Edge Brian Robinson, he looks like a strong Michigan lean. Uh, offensive tackle Bennett Warren, a uh, very high-profile guy, uh, showing some interest in OU, uh, Texas A&M, but Michigan has a very good shot at landing him. Uh, another strong edge guy, Jacob Smith. This is the twin brother of Jared Smith, uh, who's already committed to Michigan. So it would be cool to have these twin brothers on the defensive line together. And then uh, there's a big time edge, Elias Rudolph, that it looks like it's between us and Ohio State. So that's always interesting. Um, I'll stop there before I go through the the other names. Did, did any Is there anything uh, interesting that popped out to you with some of those guys I just mentioned? Yeah, I, uh, I hope, I really hope Michigan can pull it out with Bennett Warren. I'll say that first. Um, I think that really rounds out this offensive line class very well. Um, I hope that's one that they can get. Jacob Smith would be really nice. I've got some of these that I've got kind of a shrug emoji next to that uh, I'm uh, not too sure about. And I'll just name off those, and I'm going to ask your opinion on what you think of these guys. Okay. Bryce West, Jordan Ship. And Brian Robinson, you've already mentioned him, but uh, I'm curious yeah. about these three guys because all three, you know, seem like it, it just makes sense to choose Michigan. But for uh, for whatever reason, you can tell that there's a little bit of hes hesitancy there on their end. But uh, these are three guys that I just think would fit really well within this class that uh, that you're kind of hoping would just just get it over with and 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 uh, commit to Michigan already, but something's holding them up. So what do you make of that? Well, I think Brian Robinson is going to come to Michigan. Uh, that's my prediction. I think he ends up a Wolverine. And yes, of course, we want him a very talented edge guy, and we've seen what Michigan can do in that position. Bryce West, you know, he's 
probably going to end up going to Ohio State. Uh, I don't feel very confident that we can land him, but I do think there's some interest. Uh, I'll go ahead and skip ahead because I was going to talk about this other guy too. Um, Aaron Scott might be the highest profile guy left that we have as a target. He's always been, and uh, he's a cornerback as well. Uh, I believe he's the number one player in the state of Ohio. It would be legendary if we could steal Aaron Scott from Ohio State. For the longest time, he seemed like an Ohio State lock. He's showing some interest in Michigan right now. Like there, there is a chance that we pull it out with this guy. So I don't know what Coach Clink has uh, has cooking. I, you know, I we'll see. Maybe this new uh, NIL initiative that we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Maybe that can sway some guys. But uh, to answer your question about Bryce West, I don't feel super confident in him. Jordan Ship will be a Michigan Wolverine. I mean, this dude is showing up to high school, uh, you know, every day. He's got he's got his quarter his his whole senior year. His quarterback that's going to be throwing him the ball is Jaden Davis. Like, and Jaden Davis has been very vocal about wanting Jordan Ship to come. Like, I would be. Unless there's like some weird personality conflict that we don't know about, uh, I think Jordan Ship will end up a Michigan Wolverine. Um, great questions on those guys. A couple other guys I was looking at. Uh, Jeremiah Beasley is a strong linebacker. He's there this weekend with a lot of other talented guys. He's looking clean in the maze, the maze top and white pants. Did you see that picture? I've never. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen that maze top. White pants. I don't think I want to see that in a game ever, but uh, it looks pretty cool in, in like a recruiting photo shoot. Uh, so Jeremiah Beasley and then uh, Dominic Nichols uh, looks like a Michigan lean. That's an edge guy, uh, but Wisconsin's in the mix for him. I think he pulled a Wisconsin crystal ball from one of their journalists, but I, I think he ends up a Wolverine as well. So Aaron Scott is the big one to keep an eye on. That, that may be leaning towards Ohio State. If we can flip him or Bryce West, uh, this, this could end up being one of the best classes we've ever had at Michigan. And I mentioned Bryce West, obviously, because the hope is there that if Aaron Scott goes Ohio State, how much interest is there really on Bryce West's part to also go to Ohio State? You know what I mean? The two play the same position, Obviously, there's all the opportunity in the world for them both to be on the field at the same time. Uh, but do you do you want that competition? You know what I mean with Ohio State's team already deep as it is every year. So I don't know. I just wonder if that's a thought in in Bryce West's mind. Here, here's where I'm at with who I think that the Wolverines definitely end this cycle with, and one is David Pale Pale. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but uh, a three three star defensive lineman. Um, I think the Wolverines end up with this guy. He's been very hot on them lately. Uh, also, I think that any three stars that have been offered by Michigan are going to seriously consider uh, are going to seriously consider you know taking that offer and filling up a spot on this Wolverine team. So. I think that he's also very underrated, so I'm not going to be mad if he commits to the Wolverines like some people apparently. Um, but another name I think that uh, does end up with Michigan is Terry and Nichols, which is a name that not too many have heard recently, but he's another cornerback, four-star, that's very high on the University of Michigan. Um, I believe he'll be taking an official visit next week, if I'm not mistaken, or thinking of the wrong guy. But uh, I think that um, obviously things are a little shaky with Aaron Scott and Bryce West. I think this guy as a cornerback definitely ends up with the Wolverines as kind of a security blanket uh, in the event that those two things don't happen. And you mentioned Dominic Nichols. Uh, I think he's another one that's a heavy Michigan lean that we'll probably see sooner rather than later. Uh, our friend Brian Bouton, BB's Big House, put out put out a poll. His name was a part of it as uh, one of those four uh, four players that he uh, had <coughs> projected go next. So I think him, uh, Jacob Smith, and maybe Bennett Warren. I think are probably the four or five that I'm most confident of. You're not confident about Jordan Ship. 
You don't think Ship ends up a Wolverine? I don't know, man. I don't know with the commitment of uh, Stewart if uh, if he if he makes the plunge. There's something that's been holding him back all this time, you know. Jaden Davis is his quarterback. The stars kind of all align. It seems to make sense. There's a reason why this guy hasn't committed yet, and uh, and he's not the only wide receiver that's interested in Michigan. So I don't know if another guy fills that spot. Who knows if if the opportunity even still exists? Uh, if <clears throat> you know what I mean, if another wide receiver commits, you know. Well, heck, man, I, I got to admit, you you threw a couple names out there that I'm not even familiar with, so I, I got homework to do, man. It's it's tough keeping track of high school guys. You know, there's just so many high school players in the country. When you start looking at recruiting and, like, who's coming out of the woodwork, uh, I actually appreciate you doing a little research there. And, and of course, our friend Brian Bouton uh, always does a great job with recruiting, so he's a good guy to to, you know, stay in touch with, so... Yeah, I got to look at a couple of those guys for sure. We're kind of in uncharted waters a little bit with the success that Michigan's been having. You know, the uh, the the guys that analyze this team haven't had to do this kind of legwork in some time. So it's kind of just a testament to how well this uh, this coaching staff's been doing at putting it all together. Heck yeah. I mean, it certainly is great to be a Michigan Wolverine following recruiting right now. But Matt, I have a question for you. Let's do it. Did anything this week make you say, Sheesh! <laughs> yes, it absolutely did. And uh, I'm grateful for the return of the sheesh, by the way. Can you tell that we're within 11 weeks of, uh, of football? Ready to run through a brick wall. Let's go. <laughs> so this week, my sheesh is going to be in reference to something that everybody already kind of thought a little bit in the back of their minds, I think, but uh, was really kind of put out there as official information this week. Uh, Donovan Edwards uh, playing almost the entirety of the 2022 season with a torn patellar tendon. Uh, I mean, wow, <laughs> just a warrior. You saw him do it with one hand. Could you see him do it with on one leg? You know what I mean? So that's just incredible. I couldn't be a big enough stand of his as it already is. So to hear that uh, he basically uh, played the 2022 season as half of a man, I'm just even more impressed and uh, enthusiastic about his season to come. So Donovan Edwards, sheesh. God, it really is good to hear that sound effect. And you know what? I think you're the first person since we started that segment to actually use the Donovan Edwards sheesh sound effect on a Donovan Edwards topic. And uh, man, it, it, it is such a good uh, pick by you because, uh, yeah, man, like we saw he, he was literally carrying the ball with his left hand the last couple of games because... His right, he had a like a broken right hand, or his thumb was messed up. He had a cast on, and then and then we we find out that he had uh, ended up having surgery on his knee because he injured his knee earlier in the season. Uh, you know, if this dude is full strength this year, we might see something that's just just next level here because he he's got some size. You know, he has the shiftiness. I, I think of a guy like Derrick Henry, you know, that might be a stretch because he's just a bulldozer. But, but you know, I think of uh, big, strong, fast, shifty guys, almost like a Tyrone Wheatley, right? Like it's like, it's what, what, what can this guy not do um, with four healthy limbs? And so I'm excited to see that, man. You got me, you got me hyped thinking about Dono and Michigan football. Um, I'll tell you what had me saying Sheesh. this week. And really, this was just a culmination of little bits of news. This wasn't like a one big piece of news. So Kobe Bufkin, I remember when he was a freshman at Michigan and I was watching a basketball game and my wife walked in the room and this was only two years ago, right? Freshman Kobe Bufkin. My wife walked in the room and she said, who is that small child on the basketball court? And I, you know, he was like baby faced. I'm pretty sure he skipped a year of high school. I think he classed up in, 
So he was like, you know, 17, 18 years old playing and 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 he 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 was just thin, had the baby face. I didn't think that two years later we were going to be talking about this guy as a a fringe lottery pick, right? Like he he is moving up the NBA draft boards. Uh, a lot of people have him in the top ten now. I think the most common place I've seen him is in that eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen range. I think that's where he's going to go. So I mean, Kobe Bufkin, props to you, man. You had me saying. She- when I checked out your draft potential this week, and of course the NBA draft is coming up, I, I think it's Thursday. I think it's later this this week on Thursday. Oh yeah, man! Excellent pick, uh, Kobe Bufkin. You know, I was a huge, huge stan of his this year, just because nobody expected it, right? I mean, I think everyone kind of re- kind of expected him to be serviceable and hoped that he would take that next step, but. Nobody anticipated the kind of stuff that we would see from Kobe Bufkin in that second half of the season. And to me, it's all well-earned. He basically uh, carried this team, I think, even more so than than Hunter Dickinson did most nights. Um, So I'm very thrilled to see his draft stock rise. I think that he has more potential than Jet even offers. So... I'm a big fan of his and a huge fan of that uh, that she's choice. Well, you said the key word when it comes to Kobe Bufkin, and that is potential. Like you can just tell this guy has so much potential, and the difference between his potential and Jet Howard's potential is Kobe Bufkin has it on both sides of the ball. Jet Howard is always going to have to work to improve his his defense. It's just not ingrained in who he is as a basketball player. Um, I happen to think that Jet could have a very good offensive NBA career, like a Tracy McGrady style player. Uh, I know a lot of people are very quick to hate on Jet Howard um, because of the some of the things that happened uh, at Michigan. But now that we're enough separated from that miserable Michigan basketball season, I have to just be realistic. I like both of these guys a lot. I like their game. I like them as individuals. Um, and let me hit you with an impromptu uh, pump the brakes here. Let me see if you pump the brakes on me on this. Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin both get drafted in the top 15. Ah, I am. I'm going to pump the brakes on you a little bit. And I don't. That's right. That's right. And I'm not even going to pump the brakes. I don't even think on one or the other. I just don't know. I just don't know if both of them end up there. You know, I think that both of them have the potential. So I see, I see why you would hit me that hit me with that. Cause that's honestly a pretty good one. I just don't know if, uh, if both of them end up there, but I think it's totally a possibility. Well, here's the thing, man. Kobe Bufkin is going in the top 15. Quote me on that. Jet Howard, I, I know I just said he's going to go in the top 15, but that, that's the stretch, right? Probably 17, 18, 19. He's, uh, you know, he's a little bit more raw. I think, a, a, I think NBA scouts are much more excited about uh, Kobe Bufkin being elite on both sides of the ball. So we'll see. Um, I'll tell you what, Jet- I'll, probably, I'll probably be more mad than anything that we have two Two uh, picks going in the top fifteen, and we didn't compete last year. I know you said that uh, that you're yeah. past it, but I would probably that saltiness might return a little bit to haunt me on draft night as I watch uh, as I watch those two celebrate all of the future success that they will have while Michigan is down bad. <laughs> well, dude, we're gonna have to do like next week. We'll have to make some time to talk about the transfers, the basketball transfers that we've landed thus far. Because I, I know I'm in the minority here. The Big Ten is very hard, so I don't expect Michigan to win the Big Ten next year. But I, I actually think Michigan basketball is in better shape than people think. Maybe we'll have our buddy uh, Kellen Voss on the pod again soon to talk about that. Uh, but anyway, man, when it comes to Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard specifically, there, there's a little bit of a connection here with our next topic. So Michigan basketball offers the son of Carmelo Anthony. Um, I guess it's 
Keon or Kyan Anthony, I don't know how to say it. Carmelo's son, Carmelo Anthony, uh, got offered by Michigan. And oddly enough, and I don't know if you realize this, Matt, may, may, you know, I don't know if you've seen this. Jet Howard actually played Carmelo Anthony in, in the movie Shooting Stars that was all about LeBron James in high school. Have, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Look it up. So look it up after the pod, man. Look up. There's a movie, Shooting Stars, and it came out earlier this year. It's about, it's about the uh, high school you know, phenom story of LeBron James. And of course, Carmelo Anthony makes an appearance in that. And uh, Carmelo Anthony is played by who? Jet Howard in the movie, dude. So, uh, so there, you know, there's a little connection between the Howard family and uh, Melo. Obviously, Howard was a 20-year pro, um, had a much stronger connection to guys like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James. But we all know that Carmelo runs very closely in those circles. And so is it, is it that far-fetched to think that Carmelo's kid could choose Michigan? I mean, it's possible, right? It's possible. So I don't know. Is that, is that something you would want? Would you want a high-profile, uh, you know, perennial all-stars kid on our team? Uh, at this point, I wouldn't be mad about it. And, you know, Cayenne Anthony, however you say his name, um, he's – a very good prospect, all things considered. He's, I think, the sixty second, uh, the sixty second best recruit in the nation per two four seven. So, you know, there's a lot of potential there. He's obviously not the best guy, but he's a four star recruit, very highly touted. I don't know if it comes to fruition. Um, maybe Carmelo looks at how uh, how Jawan managed his his own kids at the University of Michigan and kind of looks looks to that as whether he encourages or discourages his son to go and play for Jawan but who knows you know what i mean honestly i would love to have him at the University of Michigan i think he's a total stud uh it all it all just uh it all just matters where where it goes from here, man. I'm just kind of at a loss when it comes to the basketball program. I think that you're right with uh, with the transfers coming in. I think that they'll complement each other better than some think. But as far as uh, as far as drawing in some big name recruits, I don't know. There's a little bit left uh, as far as meat on the bone as far as that goes. I think. Yeah, well, we'll just take what we can get at this point. I hear you, man. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take what we can get. Let's talk <laughs> about football, man. It's you know, it's basketball off season. We don't need to we don't need to drown in our sorrows too much there. So, uh, I know this is something you saw because we were actually messaging about this a little bit. So, PFF released their uh, top ten um, returning uh, tackles in the Big Ten, and sure enough. Michigan had two of the top four guys, uh, and, and I don't, you know, that, I'm not mad at that at all. And of course, I'm talking about Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins. Uh, both of them, I, I believe, they were three and four on the in the top four. And uh, Chris Jenkins is to be expected. Mason Graham might surprise some people, even though I know on this podcast we're very high on Mason Graham and we're very tuned into how good he is. A lot of people might not realize that he's that level, right? Like all conference level players. So uh, what do you think about these tackles, man? Are both of these guys going to end up being, uh, you know, first or second team all Big Ten? I think it was a rare PFFW, if you ask me. Uh, And it was actually Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham tying for third, I believe it was, with with one other guy, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, or it could have just been those two tying for third. I'm not sure, but um, you know, it uh, it's a rare PFFW to see them uh, get that one correct. I think Chris Jenkins, he's coming back an absolute stud, probably going to be even better than he was last year. Mason Graham, I think the ceiling is like up here for that guy. You know, I think that uh, that he ends up possibly even surpassing Jenkins, maybe not this year, but maybe even next year in talent, just because to see what he was able to do in such limited time last year, the kid is just an animal. I think that he's really going to give us a strong, I think him and Jenkins 
give us probably the fiercest inside presence on a defensive line in in most of the country, I would say, not even just the Big Ten. I think that uh, that we're going to see uh, something that's comparable to like like Moe Hurst level as far as getting to the quarterback, which we haven't seen from from uh, inside of the defensive line in quite some time. Yeah, we've produced a lot on that edge, and it seems like even when we've had top talent like Mozzie Smith, they've kind of been in there as bodies to just eat up guys on the O-line and let the edges eat. I, I actually agree with you. I think a lot of the work, a lot of the tackles, a lot of the sacks, a lot of the penetration is going to come from the inside of the line this year. I mean, how could it not with Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham in there? I mean, this is this is going to be a sight to behold. I, I went ahead and pulled up that list. So you were right. Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins did tie for third. So number so in the top six, it's two Illinois guys, two Ohio State guys, two Michigan guys. So number one is Jerzon Newton at Illinois. He was number one by a long shot. I'm actually a little bit familiar with him from last year. He he put up ridiculous numbers. Uh, Talik Williams from Ohio State is a, a slightly ahead of Jenkins and Mason Graham at number two. Then Jenkins and Mason Graham uh, are tied with Michael Hall Jr. for third place. That's a Buckeye, Michael Hall Jr. And then um, in sixth place on their list was Keith Randolph Jr., uh, also with the Illini. So, man, that, that'll be interesting to see. And then um, kind of segueing into our final topic here, the recruits are coming in. The talent has been developed. Uh, the only other piece of the puzzle that Mi- Michigan continued, continues to need improvement on is, of course, NIL, right? The NIL rules, they got changed. They swept across the country. Uh, certain schools were very quick to uh, jump on it and start handing out money. And I, I think those were the schools that were already handing out money if we're, if we're being realistic here. And so Michigan fell behind a little bit because they it, it appears as though they're trying to do it with some integrity, with some ethics, uh, with some honesty and following the rules. And uh, now that it's been a couple years, NIL is getting settled. We've seen a couple third-party, uh, you know, Michigan-approved NIL initiatives like Valiant Management Group and some of the, you know, there's some, the Ann Arbor NIL Club and some cool stuff. Uh, this one seems to be a little bit different because it has a lot of internal momentum with the program. So M Power, that's M hyphen Power, the M Power NIL initiative was announced this week. Uh, and there's been videos of Jim Harbaugh talking about it. It's a brand for life program designed to assist Wolverine football players through internships, mentorships, and entrepreneurship opportunities. I mean, that sounds like exactly what we need. And it sounds like it's just for the football team, which is cool. No offense to the other sports. The football team generates the money. They need somebody generating money for the players. Um, And it sounds like it has enough uh, internal momentum with the program to where this is this is how we can sell guys on the program right here. Are you a fan of, uh, I, I mean, this is a dumb question. Of course you are, but are you a fan of the Empower NIL initiative? I'm a big fan of it, Mike. I'm an even bigger fan of uh, the work that Jim Harbaugh is doing behind the scenes to kind of get some of this stuff going on on his watch. You know what I mean? So you love to see that, the clips of him uh, talking about Empower and the office building and stuff like that. Uh, and you love the him pushing so hard to get his guys what he knows that they need at this time. So that's great. I also love the fact that it's not just all-encompassing to NIL. You know, these guys are focusing on entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, as you said, internships, mentorships. All of that stuff is is great, and it really helps these kids beyond what they get on just the football field and the money that they're making by playing football. It also helps to set some of those guys up that might not uh, end up playing in the NFL or, or stuff like that. They still have something to look forward to when they land at the University of Michigan as far as making a brand or a name for themselves goes. It doesn't just have to be... Uh, spending four or five years uh, sitting on the bench at the University of Michigan, if that's all it culminates to for them. They still have 
something that they can put their stamp on to kind of put some money in their pockets. So I love it. Well, speaking of money and merch and swag in your pockets at Wolverine Chronicle, which is my uh, my personal company that I run a little website and and I have a Twitter profile, I love to give away free shit to my fans and my followers. And uh, I didn't want to let this whole episode go by with, before I announced this winner. So this week, I gave away a Jordan brand t-shirt on Twitter. Um, thank you, everybody, for participating. And the winner is Jonas Thacker. So his, his handle is at Jonas Thacker1. Jonas, DM me. Congratulations. The Jordan brand t-shirt is yours. Thank you so much for participating and playing. And if anybody listening wants to win free Michigan stuff, just about every Friday I'm doing a giveaway. Um, follow Wolverine Chronicle on Twitter. That's at Wolverine Cron. And go ahead and go to YouTube and follow the Wolverine Chronicle chan channel as well. Um, Matt, where can people find you? They can find me at uh, my main Twitter handle, at Maze Crusader, or any of the great stuff that, uh, that me and my team are putting out at uh, Maze and Brew's Twitter handle, which is at Maze and Brew or mazeandbrew.com. Mike, where can people find you, buddy? Man, basically what I just said, YouTube and Twitter, but I've also got you know Facebook and TikTok and all that stuff, man. Um, go ahead and smash the subscribe button if you are uh, an avid Michigan fan. You want to stay up to date on Michigan basketball and football. Definitely subscribe so you get updated whenever the Big House Bleachers podcast goes live with new episodes. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Go blue. Go blue.